Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode here on 4.0 in life. I don't know what that was. I have no idea. Sometimes I like to think I'm creative and inventive. But uh, we're back. It's going to be episode number 58. I'm so excited, like climbing up. I can't wait till I get to my 100th episode. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like what? Do people do special things for their 100th, 100th episode? That's one of those things. I remember in math class, hundredths, thousands, and there's a lot of TH and S's. I eventually got it together. So um, if you are brand new and you are just joining in my podcast, we are on the 58th episode. I encourage you to go back, check out the fabulous different titles last week. I did things that make you go, hmm. Um, I have a co-host that joins me the first Sunday of every month. That's Sadie. And we talk about different topics, Sadie says. And then also I did a fun topic. I did a lightning round with my husband, which I absolutely loved. I'm definitely doing that again. It was so much fun. I also want to thank all my geographic listeners from the United States, Ireland, Canada, Nigeria, Brazil, Morocco, Germany, Australia, Hungary, Sweden, and France. And yeah, like if you're wondering how you can listen to me, I mean, obviously you are listening to me right now, but other apps, obviously Apple Podcasts, we have Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Stitcher, and Anchor.fm. Yeah, so those are the fabulous places that you can find me. I also encourage you to check out Anchor.fm slash four and then spell it out point zero ing life and there's a button in the right hand side that says a message check it out click on it and leave me a message or a question or anything fun like that you know what i mean all right so let's get into today's topic today's topic is rather interesting and i was talking about this topic with a friend and they're like are you sure like because i just said the title I didn't say what the topic was going to be about. And they're like, are you sure you want to do that? And I'm like, yes. And today's episode is pretty much about thanking your exes. Yeah, thanking your exes. Most people are like, (laughs) just hit the brakes and they're like, what and why? All right, so let's get into the nitty gritty. Obviously, we were young, right? And we had our first relationship and that person broke up with us. We were devastated. And of course, there was like our parents or our best friend was like, don't you worry. You don't need that person. You're going to be so much better. You know, they did you a favor. And and you're like, yeah, you're so right. Like, obviously, there was tremendous, tremendous amount of bias going on there, as there should be, because, listen, these are hard times. You know, I remember this is so ridiculous. So my first big like dagger to my heart was probably in middle school, no, elementary school. And you're probably shaking your head like, really? But like I've always been a very passionate person. I'm a lover. And I was dating someone and they actually came up to me and said, I'm dating your best friend. Sorry. We were in fifth grade. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, are you kidding me right now? Like, what? And it was like, it was mean. It wasn't even like, let's not go out anymore. It was like, I'm just dating your best friend. And I was like, oh, well, let me just tell you. Did karma return the favor? 
She surely did. Thank you so much, Karma. Love you. Um, but you know what? I want to thank that ex because that ex taught me, yes, sad moments, even though I was in fifth grade. But you know what? I don't need someone to make me feel happy because here's the thing when you're in elementary school or middle school you're dating someone and you're like I'm so happy because I'm dating this person and and yay you know and it's like no you don't need that other person to make you feel happy you need yourself and obviously you don't learn this until like your 30s, let's be honest, ladies and gents, your 30s, when you realize you need you and you need to be happy. So that's when we finally learn it, right? Talk about not knowing in advance, right? Where was the RSVP for that webinar or Zoom? I didn't get it. So that was my first big blow. Second one was, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. And if anyone's listening that knows this, you're like, oh my God, I remember this. So we were in eighth grade. We went on our eighth grade trip. I was dating this kid and I decided, and this is where it goes wrong. Okay. It goes wrong when you get a tattoo of the person's name and it goes wrong when you're in eighth grade and you get a t-shirt with that person's name on it. So what I don't know is what's the reality, what's going on back home, right? Because this person I dated was younger than me. So obviously not on eighth grade trip. So I get off the bus you know, very excited to see my boyfriend. Got my t-shirt on with his name on it. I want to get off the bus. There's my boyfriend, all my boyfriend's friends. And they're laughing. And I figured, you know what? Like, I'm strong. I'm independent. I'm going to get my man's name on my shirt. It was like when they did the spray paint stuff. Waste, waste, waste waste of money. I wish I didn't get mad and tear up the shirt because that would be an awesome image to use for this podcast episode. Um, I'm sure some of my friends have it. If you're, if you guys are listening and you could find it, send it my way, please. (laughs) Because not only was it an embarrassing moment of time, but it's like a true, like, yo, wake up chick. So what I don't know and why they're laughing is because while I was away on eighth grade, you know, graduation trip, my boyfriend decided to start hooking up and dating my best friend. Can you see the pattern going on here? So it was a public humiliation. I wanted to thank and I want to thank my ex for that moment in time because, yes, I was completely humiliated, but I came out of it. And I know this sounds silly, but having tons of people laugh at me I don't take it so to heart anymore because most of the time I know I'm like clumsy. I either did something silly or funny or I'm just like I brush it off. It's not such a crazy big deal anymore. So thank you. And did karma get that person? Yes. I'm trying to think if any other boyfriends dated my friends because it probably is a problem. No, no. Actually, (laughs) wait a second. So then moving to high school, I was – before I started dating my high school boyfriend – there was a constant whisper in the ear because they were like that my high school boyfriend and friends were all interested in my best friend. Yeah. So there there was another one. Did they wind up dating? No. Did I wind up having that situation happen to me again that it did in middle school and elementary school? No, but still. So high school boyfriend taught me a huge lesson. Um, in high school, 
I'm not saying you can't be high school lovebirds and get married because most of my some of my friends actually did. They dated in high school and they got married. Great. Kudos to you. Um, but when you start to learn about independence and when you start to learn about who you are, things that you want to do, like it's not your truest identity in high school. Like you're still evolving. You're still, you know, like me figuring out that you have to take the foundation down the neck. Otherwise you get an awesome line and it just looks like you dipped your head in orange, like high C and it's stained permanently. Yeah. That happened. I never claimed to be good at putting makeup on. Anywho, um, so the things that you want to think about, like, you know, you don't necessarily think you're in high school and there's prom and there's graduation and you're driving and you're holding hands while you're driving and then you realize I'm not the same person I was in high school. And my high school boyfriend um, is not the one. And that's scary because – while you're in high school, you're very vulnerable. You're going through changes. You're hormonal. And that's the person you gravitate to. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait, I'm going to break up with that person. And you start thinking about all the things that that person has been there for and done for you and you experienced. And your biggest fear is like, oh my God, are they going to tell everybody that the one time I had pasta, I slurped it all over my face and it dropped all over my white shirt and I made a mess. Like you think about the worst things possible. Instead of thinking about your own heart, you think about the worst things possible. So for me in that case, it was the scariest time of my life. But that breakup with that relationship taught me that I can be independent and I, I can learn the things that my ex did for me. Because that was my fear. Like, can I do this that my ex used to do for me all the time? Yes, you can. Um, is it a comfortable thing? Yeah. I mean, so many times people will say, well, why did you stay in the relationship so long? Well, it was comfortable. You know, like I, I know the outcome. I know what's going to happen. And that's one of the worst reasons to stay in a relationship. Like just jump. Okay. Like get out of that relationship and know that maybe you're going to have to learn how to do laundry for the first time, but you will be fine. You'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> then after high school into college, right? So here is where in college I started dating um, my first husband. And I was I was in my last year of college. I have be I'm I'm now like uber independent. I still am independent. I still like I have to do things a certain way. And that's probably like my OCD. Like if you don't wipe the counter the correct way, it's you know. Like it's going to smear. It's, it's silly stuff. It's silly stuff. So um, obviously, if you guys read my book, you know how this turned out. But, you know, this was the one thing because when I said I was doing a podcast episode about thanking my exes or thanking my ex, the comment was like, how in God's name are you going to thank your ex-husband? Like, how do you do that after everything that happened? Simple. And this – I don't know if this ties in with every relationship everybody has, but for me, and it might, I thank my ex so much because I am truly so happy in my marriage with my husband, James. I never felt this type of happiness. I never felt 
the release, like, you know, when you're sitting at Thanksgiving table, Thanksgiving table, when you're sitting at the Thanksgiving table and you unbutton your top pant because you can't eat anymore, but you want to eat more and you just need to make more room, that. <laughs> like, just complete relaxation, never feeling like I have to fill in my eyebrows because it, they're, you know, like, never feeling like, like when I roll over bed, it's going to be like, oh, what is that? Um, And it was instant love with James. I don't know how to explain it. It was scary how fast everything happened for us because um, my husband James and I met, were engaged within a year, (laughs) um, got married a year later, and then I was pregnant. Like everything just like ticked along the way. And, you know, I think because he listened to me and and I can't tell you how important communication respect is that those are my two big things in a relationship, whether it's a friendship or relationship, communication, respect are huge. My students will even tell you that is huge for me. Um, But I told him I had this outline in life. Most people do, um, especially coming from a previous marriage and being a certain age in life. I had I had expectations. And I think when you are a, not it doesn't have to be a certain age, but when you are a person who has goals in life and accomplishments, there's nothing wrong about including the new person in your life in that. If that person doesn't know what goals or expectations you want, and then one day you just get mad, they don't get it. That's your fault. I think being forward uh, more direct, not like shaming, you know, uh, shoving it down their throat, but more direct on what you want to see in this relationship is what we fail to do so many times. Um, I know in my last relationship with my ex-husband, I, I may have not been so clear. And I think that was the biggest mistake, but it taught me and this is, you know, where I guess you thank this, this seeing everything taught me I have to be direct with this person that I'm going to meet in my life next. I have to be honest. I have to be forward. I have to say, this is what I want and this is where I see my life. Um, You know, and the funny thing is, a couple people, uh, if you're listening, can probably recall, one of them, (laughs) I got so mad about this. I remember when I first met my husband, James, and I, of course, was all giddy and everything. And everyone's like, oh, you have butterflies because it's new. And I got so mad. Here's why I got mad. Unless you have been through a divorce or you've lost someone, whether in a death, uh, you're widowed, um, or it just it just ended well, Sally Shea, like, like, you know, two people decided let's separate – You don't understand what it means until it's gone. And you might have heard this before, like until it's gone, you have no idea. And it's so true. So for me, I got upset because I wasn't, of course, I had butterflies, but this wasn't because it was a new relationship and I was feeling giddy. It was simply the fact that I know what it's like to be loved. I know what it's like to be married. Like I I had that. I had the walk down the aisle. I had the Mr. and Mrs. I had, you know, the home sweet home. I had all that stuff. And then all of a sudden it was gone. And you never know if you're going to get a second chance. So if anything came from that previous marriage, that relationship, I'm thankful because it taught me 
it taught me to really cherish what comes forward. Um, that year changed my life. I also turned 30 years old, which is usually, you know, the happiest time of your life. You're like, yeah, I'm in my 30s. Woo. Like, I don't know. It's 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 hard to explain. Like it's like you're a moving up ceremony, if you will. And my 30s wound up being the darkest <laughs> age of my life. But then I look at that, that may have been the darkest because it was myself saying, now get back down in that hole and you start all over and you figure out a way to get out. You don't pity, you don't take, you know, people in with you. You climb out on your own and you figure your stuff out. I became a stronger person. I became much more vocal than I already am. And some of you are like, whoa, you can be more vocal. Yes. I was very outward um, when it came outward. Um, not outward. I was very um, direct when I met James and I was very honest on the things I wanted. And most people, if they heard what I said to my husband when we, you know, when we had one of our dates, they've probably been like, bye. <laughs> Boom. See you later. Um, but I said to myself, I don't. I don't want to waste, not that I want to waste time. I don't want to say that because everything in my life, whether it's good or bad, has always been important to me because it's always been a moment. And I feel like having moments in life are so much better than having nothing in life. You know, whether it's a bad moment or a good moment, it's it's something that just, it's a memory. And those are great to have because when you get older, you start to lose them. And it's like, you want to remember every single thing, write it down, you know, write a book like I did. I mean, you want those memories. So for me, I, I, you know, I was, I wanted to build a life with James and obviously I wanted him to be the one I do this with, but I also wanted to be honest so he knew what my expectations were. Like some people just date to date and that's fine, but that's not what I was looking for. So it taught me to be direct and honest. I am much more blunt than I used to be. And some people say it's dangerous to be so honest, but I feel like I don't want to lie to you. I don't ever want to be, un- you know, like I don't want to ever just not tell the truth. What's the point? What am, you know, I'm wasting time. So it taught me a lot. Um, I am a much happier person. Um, I know that when I look at my husband, I can't believe some of the things he does for me. Like he literally does so much for me. He could, when we started dating, he could come home at like 12 midnight and he would wake up in the morning before I left at six in the morning and make me breakfast so I can have it to go. Like, you know what? Yes. I'm not going to say who does that because there are people that do that, but there are not a lot of people that do that. He is willing to just always make me happy. And even though sometimes him and I just, we have our moments. Listen, we are not sitting here in a huge castle and hearts are always glistening over us and, you know, butterflies landing on my fingertips as I sing my lullabies. No, 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 no. We have our moments too. Let's be very clear with that. But for the most part, I am, I'm thankful for all my exes, you know, teaching me that, I can be more independent. I can be more vocal. And most importantly, I deserve love. I 100% deserve love. Clearly, I deserve to um, untie my tongue there. Um, Yes, but I deserve love. And I think that's really important. I'm not saying 
the minute you come out of a relationship that you are going to feel all this. I'm not saying like if you just had a relationship fall apart, you know, go up to your ex and be like, thanks. Thanks a lot. Um, you know, I always said, <laughs> I remember when I was younger, I always wanted like, you ever like calculate things in your head and plan? I always wanted to say to an ex like, thanks for messing up. Now they're with me. <laughs> Like, because that happens, you know, people are always breaking up and finding new relationships. And it's like, thanks for messing up. I got the good one. (laughs) But really, though, you really have to sit and think about it. It's no one ever wants to be like, yeah, I want to thank my ex. Like, I'm not going to go up to my exes and be like, thanks, guys. Thanks so much. No, no, that's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is divide and conquer, like take apart, separate all the things that happen. Really look at what came from it and then move on forward. Are there going to be really bad breakups? Yes. Can you seriously sit there and maybe like think about it and say like there's a thankful moment? I don't know. Maybe there is. But you have to always look at it as I think right away when we break up with someone, we're like, oh, my God, I hate them. And yeah, maybe you do. But think about what came out of that. Because nine out of ten times, six months, two years later, you're like, oh, my God, thank God, I am out of that relationship. Yeah. See? See? There's something to be thankful for. So, yeah. See, not so bad. Some people were like really concerned, like, what are you doing? Um, I did get an email. Am I going to continue reading my book? I know. I know. So you have to see what what happens here. So I have guests that sometimes join me. Like I have Sadie that joins me. And then I had my husband on and then I jumped into another uh, topic and I don't always, I know, I don't always read my book. So I am going to, I'm turning to the book. I can't remember where I left off. Is that bad? Oh, I know where I am. Yeah, maybe. All right. So here's the thing. I am going to read maybe one chapter or maybe two. I'm looking at the second one real quick and it looks a little long. Maybe I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. But um, after this message, I'm going to come back and I'm going to read more of my book, Paperback Princess. We are on chapter 13. If you do have the book, Grace Guys. Be right back, guys. All right. So we are back and it's time to continue reading my book. For those of you who don't want to hear it, well, then you don't have to listen anymore. All right. Chapter 13, Gray Skies. Ross went back to work and was working later and later. We discussed starting a family soon, but he said he wanted one more year to build his empire. I thought that was fair, but still wanted to help contribute. Before we left for our vacation and the day after the hurricane, my work thought it would be perfect timing to tell me they wouldn't be continuing the New Jersey program I worked for. I cried for a long time because I was finally making decent money and now being back home, wanted to finally contribute. During our vacation, I discussed some options with Ross and a five-year plan. I decided to go to massage, sorry guys, I decided to go to massage school since the program was less than a year and I could start working sooner than later. The scheduling would allow me to be flexible so when we decide to start our family, I could take care of the baby and work part-time. I never wanted Ross to be the one who worked all the time. I wanted to work too so he can enjoy time off and mostly his golf time. So with that, I registered and in a month's time, I would be back in the classroom, but this time as a student. Ross and I were having some ups and downs and that was mainly because he was never home. He was working really late and on days he wasn't working late, he was doing his annual bowling night with the guys. 
It was getting harder and harder to spend time since he worked so late and I was now attending school and studying was taking up majority of my time. The only time we spent together was when I needed to study for my test that required him to enjoy my massage skills. I know it made him happy as he was working very hard, so at least he appreciated that from me. But I felt like slowly, but I felt like he was slowly regretting asking me back home since he never would come home. I don't want to hear people saying I should stop complaining because he was working hard for us. Because even when he would get out early, he was making plans with friends. We would occasionally spend date nights on Friday together, but all I wanted was a family and my husband back. Christmas was different that year as we celebrated, but there was distance. We went to his cousins and always enjoyed Anna's house as she and her husband beautifully restored it. They had three beautiful children, and at first I wasn't truly a fan of her because she was trying to hook her cousin up with Ross when we first started dating. That cousin of hers was enjoying the holidays as well at her house, and of course, she sat there with her husband and just stared at us as I joked and said to Ross, hey, isn't that that girl that tried to date you from Facebook? He laughed and kissed me on the forehead as we walked out to the car. We went home that night, and he surprised me with three presents. He said that my three presents would represent a part of my dream, a utility present, and beauty. He was truly crafty when it came to things like this. He walked me into the living room, covering my eyes, and had me sit down. Open your eyes, Mia. This is your present to help you continue your dream and never stop. Ross, oh my God, I'm in love. Ross, I can't believe it. It is beautiful. Ross's first present was a beautiful keyboard. He loved hearing me sing to him and loved even more when I practiced, so he wanted me to have this. I had a Casio that was pretty basic from 10 years ago for my grandmother that lacked much of technology I needed. So with that, he granted me a new one. He also got himself one because he said he wanted to learn and practice more often as he found it peaceful. Ross stole my heart with this one. I never expected that because I knew how expensive these things could be. And this Christmas, he previously purchased my mother and his mother a car after he made his first million. I wished he didn't get me anything else as this was all I needed. But out came an envelope for my second gift and a box for my third. My beauty gift was a Michael Kors bag I was eyeing and my third was running boards for my Jeep Wrangler. I knew my mother would appreciate them more than me, but I for sure needed them and was so excited to finally get them as I just got my Jeep two months prior. See, one thing about me that many know is that when I want something, I work 150% to get it. A year prior, a friend of ours had purchased the four-door Jeep Wrangler in black, and I would walk by it every day walking my puppies and told myself that I will have it soon. October rolled around, and ta-da, it was mine. Ross, of course, graciously contributed and helped me with a down payment because I know secretly he was missing his Jeep, Reno, so I guess I could let him drive it. We both opened all of our gifts, but I have to admit that my favorite from Ross was a sunflower he drew for me. It was a big sunflower, and on the bottom, he wrote the words I needed to see that reminded me we would always be soulmates no matter what. I ran upstairs into my office and made room for my keyboard and carried it upstairs and just stared at it. Ross had completely my, completed my mini studio where I could record and couldn't have asked for a better present. I placed his artwork on the music stand and took a picture of my setup and then ran downstairs to cuddle with the love of my life. Christmas came and went as did the new year, and the next best celebration was Ross's birthday. I wasn't sure exactly what he wanted to do, if anything at all, so I just let him decide. Here enters Ross in a fight that would last five hours, ending with me crying again due to the lack of communication. Mia, why wouldn't you plan a birthday party for me? Everyone else's wife does it. John's wife plans all his birthdays, and you couldn't do that for me? I didn't have any words. I once again felt the hurt I felt when he told me I wasn't a great wife. I wasn't sure why he would compare me to anyone else or expect me to read minds. He never voiced his opinion about having a birthday party. I mean, the one time I planned a surprise party was when he turned 30, and I figured that's when you do parties for mile markers. I guess my horrible brain should have been working to know exactly what he wanted. Russ, how was I supposed to know what you wanted? You didn't say anything. I shouldn't have to, Mia. You should know. 
That night, that night, Ross slept in his office. That cold, scary feeling came back, and I stayed up that night making an evite for a birthday party for Ross. I questioned myself numerous times as if I was wrong, not knowing to plan a party. But then I would answer myself back that I wasn't wrong. I then thought to myself that maybe this was his way of telling me I wasn't the wife he truly wanted. I wasn't like Dion at all. She was the epitome of a J. Crew ad and was all about couple dates, couple movie time, and pretty much couple everything. I only saw the true Dion once when she got drunk at a Jets game, and it was pretty funny watching John have to man it up and be the DD. She was carefree like me and just let go for once in her life. She was a Southern belle, if best put, with a closet full of Hunter boots, Sperry's, and J. Crew everything. I thought to myself that I owed a pair of Sperry's too, but as much as she was the perfect wife, I was happy being me and wish Ross were happy with that as well. Either way, the party was planned and, str- and strangely Ross picked the place I wanted to have my birthday later that year. I was turning 30 this year and wanted a cool theme and friends and family to just have a great time. Ross liked the idea so much he wanted to go there. So 10 friends later and some country music is what started the night I will never forget. I lied. I'm only reading one chapter. I know. I know. So guys, if you're interested, check out my book, Paperback Princess. You can find it on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. And with that being said, I'm going to head out, enjoy this beautiful Sunday. And yeah, let's talk more next Sunday. Bye, guys.